We're so glad you've joined us for this episode of On The Move, a podcast about missions, international ministry, and how God is changing lives around the world. I'm your host, Leanne White, and today I am joined by a friend of the ministry of 21C International, Artie Arnold. Welcome, Artie. Thank you for having me, Leanne. Artie, you recently returned from a trip to Kenya with Steve White. You and Steve were working with 21C International to provide training to pastors and church leaders who might otherwise have no access to pastoral training. This is actually your second trip to Kenya with 21C. And before we get into kind of the details of a trip, I just love to hear what was the most impactful thing for you about the trainings that you've done? Well, so far, the impact has been amazing. I think God is doing wonderful work over there. When you go to a country where the willingness and the wantingness to learn about Jesus Christ, where people are coming to you, you're not going to them door to door and saying, evangelizing. They're coming and they're saying, please teach me. You know, I want to learn more. And that, to me, has got to be the most amazing thing that is going on over there. God is doing wonders with the pastors and the leaders in that country, and even the individuals that go to the churches that just want to know more about God and know more about Jesus, that just are willing to take the time and, you know, walk hours just to go to church. I can relate to that comment so much because that was the thing— for me, the first time we trained pastors way back in 2016 in Haiti, the thing that struck me the most was just the hunger, right? And the desire that they have. And the fact that, I mean, they don't just walk hours to go to church, maybe. They, they've walked hours or like been on a bus all day or something to get to training places sometimes, right? They really go out of their way to get to the training. And it's just that hunger, for God's word that is just, it's really amazing, I think, to experience it. And that's where you understand that this training is needed because when people have to walk hours to come to a training, it's hard for them to do it on a daily basis or go to a school or something else. This is something that, you know, can be done where they could share with others instead of it being something where they have to go to a school, take time away from their family or otherwise, which isn't available to a lot of them over there. Yeah, that's so true. So when we're thinking about what training looks like, and we talked um, in one of our earlier episodes about kind of the way 21C does training, but you've been there. You've had a couple of different experiences. So try to just walk us through some of the nuts and bolts of the experience, what maybe a typical day might look like when you're in Kenya doing training for 21C International Partners. Typical can be untypical. You know, it's kind of like expect the unexpected. Uh, You wake up in the morning and you're expected to go somewhere and you realize that you're taking a plane, you're in Nairobi, and all of a sudden you say, well, plans have changed. We've got a flight leaving in a few hours. We're going to go to Kasumu and we have other plans that have changed on us. So you get up in the morning, you know, you get ready, you're ready for one thing, you find out something else is happening. You know, then you arrive at an airport And you're being taken to a new area, you know, to be able to train. Never been there before. Don't understand it. But it's basically can be three to four hours away from where you landed at. So now you go for a long ride. And if you have a bad back, you know, it it, it can be a rough ride because every quarter to half mile, there's speed bumps in the road or you're going off on these side dirt roads where there's potholes. 
And the first place, the first experience I had was we had gone to this church uh, and it was on top of a mountain and it was a three and a half hour ride from the airport, driving it through some beautiful country, you know, and you also drive through some very poor areas too, where you're seeing a lot of crafts and goods sold on the side of the road. Everybody's very friendly. They see you, obviously, you know, you're not, they recognize that you're not from the area. So everybody's waving and saying hello and, you know, wanting to get to know you. Uh, we climb up this mountain. It's absolutely beautiful. We get to the top of this hill and I'm looking for this church that we're supposed to be at. And it ended up being a beekeeper's farm. And the church was a new church, uh, a pastor by the name of Joe, who was a young pastor at the time in his probably early 30s was starting a church, and it was the Atubu uh, Young Fellowship Church in Moganda. And he had about 35 members at this time. His meeting was outside because there was not a church at the time. He was trying to put this church together so they could uh, build one. The speakeeper had given him this area which he could use, which he is overly thankful for. And we basically did our training outdoors that day. It was beautiful, sunny day. Some other pastors in the area had heard that there was a training going on, and they had come. They weren't part of the church and wanted to know and wanted to understand what was being done. At that time, we were doing training a little di differently. At that time, we were doing the training. We were mostly being the trainers, which we found out later on there's a better way. But at this time, we were doing, the, we were doing most of the training. And at that point, you see people listening and everything, but they're wanting to know more. We're teaching them at that point was on Ephesians. Uh, they're listening. They have the books. But the idea was when we look at the um, Timothy program, okay, is to be able to train leaders so they can train others. And you could see them sitting there. They were paying attention. They were writing down, but the involvement wasn't as much there that you expected. Since then, you know, we left Job and me have stayed in touch. Actually, he was the first pastor I was involved with. Him and me have stayed in touch, and we've had we've built a relation, which is, you know, when you look at uh, what our vision is, what our values are, being relational is a big part of it, and building relations with others. And I was able to build a relation with Job where we're able to continue. Through this, I found out that his church has more than doubled since then. He has been able to hire another pastor by the name of Pastor Henry that has basically been put in charge of the training. So he does the training. He's in a very remote area, so his growth would not be as much as if we were, if we were in a city like uh, Nairobi. But his growth being doubled in that area, and it's, he, he equates it all to the studies on Ephesians and being able to teach others. And that's where he's got Pastor Henry at now. We left the beekeeper's place when we went to two other stops that day. So one was at a church. You might think of a church as being a nice building with four walls on it and everything. This was a tin building, tin roof. But the people are happy. Number one, they're happy to have us there, mm -hmm. which is very, it's hard for us sometimes on our end when we're, we're leaders and we're teachers. We go into some place and have you be the center of attention because they put you on a pedestal. And that's not what we really want to do. You know, we want to be more relational and want to more or less understand them and try and humble ourselves, you know, to the point where 
yes, we're welcome, but no, we're not better than them. You know, we're there to help. We're there to work with them. We're there to work beside them. We're there to do God's work, you know, and you can tell God's presence at every place we go. I mean, because when you look at how inviting they are, how accepting they are of what we do and wanting to know more. There's so much of what you just said that I just want to maybe kind of go back to and just make sure people didn't miss. So, you know, we've started doing what we call Timothy groups, which are study groups, encouraging people to gather together in small groups and really do discovery Bible studies, for lack of a better word, together and really explore the scripture together. And I think the thing that has struck me, and I you you kind of touched on it, is that all of the pastors, all of the church leaders, anywhere in the world that you go, they have the same Holy Spirit that believers in the U.S. have, right? Right. And it's it's such a beautiful thing to see how the Holy Spirit guides people into truth and guides them into understanding of the scripture. And it's it like you made a comment about that, you know, we're not better than them. And and we we enter with that in mind. We enter humbly knowing that we're all children of God. We're all uh, members of the body of Christ and we can learn from each other and we can grow because of each other. And it's it truthfully is one of the most exciting things is to for me is to sit in a group of pastors and church leaders and hear them talking about the Bible and hear them going deep, right? And right. and getting things that I'm like, whoa, I like I had to study to figure that out. And you're just talking about this and you're already there. Like it's it's just really, it's really awesome. And it's it is a it's a it's a change that it's kind of a shift that we made as a ministry about a year in to the process, maybe not even that long. And it was a good shift to kind of move to more of that facilitated method of learning the Bible and and then empowering leaders to then be able to take it and pass it along. And what you see is what you're talking about with Pastor Job is that multiplication can happen because we've put the tools in their hands. So. And I think where this, and, and that's where the second trip came in, because yes. the first trip was one way, the second trip ended up being the new way, you know, or yeah. uh, where it was more of facilitating groups than it was just teaching, letting the pastors and letting the groups run themselves with a facilitator being in charge instead of somebody standing up there and teaching them. You know, uh, unfortunately, when you do that type of teaching, which you're used to and you see it in churches and everything, everywhere else you go, uh, you see somebody standing up there in front and they're doing the teaching, they're doing the leading, but you're not grabbing everybody's intention and not everybody's involved. When we're facilitating, which would be a group of 10 to 12 people, the group is having a chance to discuss. Mm-hmm. So you can read a passage in the Bible and you can ask questions and then keep quiet and hear what the group has to say. This gets them involved. This has, and which we found out in Kenya, it's what they like. You know, uh, this is part of, you know, becoming relational, understanding, you know, understanding what works. 
and with the uh, groups in Kenya and the pastors in Kenya and the leaders in Kenya, we found out they like to communicate. They like to be involved with each other. They want to study. On that trip, we happened to go to the slums, the last trip, uh, Kibera. It's the largest slum in Africa. You stand outside the one place we were teaching at, and all you see is these tin rooftops for miles. And actually what you're looking at is houses mixed in with shops, uh, schools, which are actually in Kibera as well. We had 15 leaders show up for that uh, training in Kibera. Most of them ran churches in the slums there. All of them were wanting to be able to learn how to teach better, how to teach simpler, easier. And uh, it was a good result. We did it. I know the center circle working. They all got involved and they all couldn't wait to take it back to their church and try some more. So you look at on that last trip, we probably touched about 200 people in training, which now the goal is for those 200 people to get groups of 10. So hopefully within three months or a little bit longer, we'll end up with 2,000 that have been trained. And it keeps on expanding from there. And that's the great thing about the program and working with the people over in Kenya, because when you tell them, you know, what you're doing is going to train 10 more and 10 more, and pretty soon you're going to reach both ends of Africa. You know? And then, you know, we always like to end up by saying, and then the people in the United States are going to wonder, what's going on in Africa? <laughs> Why are they so excited about the Lord? And I think the fact that we started off with Ephesians and letting them know how much they're loved by God, as well as what God's expecting from them, you know, in, in return, uh, was really the best way to go. We didn't start Ephesians with a, a master plan in mind, right? It was Steve's, one of his favorite books of the Bible. And so he decided to start teaching on Ephesians. And that's what we launched the ministry of 21C from in East Africa was using the book of Ephesians. But it, what you've just said is exactly right, that there's so much to that book and it's so practical for Christian living, but it also has so much of the deeper truths of God and the Christian life. One of our partners in Kenya has said to us that that all of their new groups are going to do Ephesians because Ephesians can Ephesians contains the whole Bible, right. the whole message of the gospel and and God's work in in Christians. And I I think that's, you know, it's it's kind of a true statement. I mean, there's Christian living, there's marriage, there's family, you know, there's the armor of God. There's, I mean, there's just so much. It's pretty great to sit in 2023 and see what God did with teachings that originated at the end of 2019 and how the Lord knew what was needed in East Africa before we even did, right? I mean... Oh, it is. And, and God's done wonderful work. I mean, even within the individuals that are doing the training with 21C, I mean, two years ago, would I even realized I'd be doing this today? And it's said in churches all the time, it's said by people, you know, when you hear God calling, are you answering him? Are you uh, are you doing what you want him to do? And um, when I had gotten the call about it, it was it wasn't an immediate answer. Yes, it was more or less. I have to sit and pray over it and say, you know, am I going to keep on saying no or am I going to you know say yes for a change and see where it brings me? You know, and then when I got the phone call to go to Africa, it was kind of like I had no idea where I was going, what I was doing. Uh, and 
It's amazing what a small group can do when they're led by God. You know, when you hear our mission teams, a lot of times you'll hear of groups of 10, 12, 15. And a lot of what we're doing is one, maybe two people at a time going into an area. So it's when you hear a guy calling and you're just one person and you say, well, what can I do as one person? Don't worry, he's got it covered. And, uh, you know, you can go there and you look at amazing that you can go somewhere. You've realized by your one trip that God has reached over several thousand people within a matter of months. And that is probably the most amazing thing I can think of. Yeah. So I'm just thinking when you're thinking about kind of how God drew you into this ministry, little would you have imagined, right? When we met in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, all those years ago. Um, and it's kind of like, and what God is going to do with that and and just how he keeps connections between people and for his purposes, right? And to expand his kingdom that that somehow you maintained a connection with people and you heard about what we were doing and you and Steve got in touch and all the things that happened. It's just really the sovereignty of God in in our story, for our ministry story, in your story, and and the story of what's happening in East Africa and in other countries. I mean, only God could write that story. Only only God could be the one who could put all of those pieces together and orchestrate all of those details. And it's just, it's exciting to get to be a part of his story. Oh, it is. And it's amazing that people you know, that are there, no matter what's going on in the world, no matter what strifes we're going through, no matter what problems the world are going through. Right now, they desire God so much. Their mm-hmm. desire is so strong. You know, when you go to a church and there's people showing up from other churches, it's not just that church itself. It might be six, seven, eight churches that are in the area. Some might be hours away, but they're coming because they want to learn more. They want to learn a new way of teaching and a new way of being able to be able to spread the word of God to uh, others, not only in their church, but in the areas around. I want to follow that thread a little bit. When you think about describing the people that you've met in Kenya, what what believers are like in Kenya, what are some of the words that come to mind? What are some of the, the maybe the individual people that come to mind for you? Well, Job, number one, it would, would is, is a big one. Uh, in Kibera would be Philip. Uh, here's a pastor that not only lives in the slums, but he's in the slums. Uh, you know, the excitement, the willingness to teach, they very much uh, are faithful to God. They're teachers as well. They're, they run schools. They not only take the mission, but they take the, they, they take what they know and they bring it down to even the school levels, down to the children. You know, their excitement for Christ is unbelievable. And I guess that would be the biggest word if you say, you know, they, their belief is very strong and they want to always know more. They're, they're always interested in learning more. So what are some of your other observations about the trainings, about the need for the trainings? Something, is there anything else come to mind right now for you? I think the need for the training, you know, is, is going to be constant. It's not going to stop. I mean, Kenya is just one country. I mean, we're, we're in, what, 123 nations now, over 45,000 people that are, you know, are, are following 
52,000, actually, as of today, I think. I know it's crazy. It's grown a lot. So yes, on Facebook, we have, I think, more than 52,000 followers. I, and that's a couple of days ago I looked. <laughs> So, so the need, the need for the training is changing as we, as we grow more and more. I mean, when you start, you know, if you just go on uh, just a Facebook page for 21C International and you see a post and then you see all the responses and you see where these responses are coming from. I mean, it's not Kenya only, you know, I mean, Uganda, you know, Mozambique, Brazil, India, you know, and it goes on and on, you know, South Africa, I can sit here and keep on naming them. The need's not going to stop. You know, we need to keep on being able to teach others to be able to train others as well. When you look at, go back to Paul and when God used Paul, I mean, Paul was in jail and he's talking to the people of Ephesus. He's already been there. You know, he, he knows these people are faithful, but some started losing their ways. They started worshiping idols. Some started not basically following. So it's more or less you always need to have that reminder that's there as well. You need to be able to have somebody coming in there. You can't just go in one time and say, oh, I did a good job and then leave. One thing we're asked when we go there, are you going to come back? Hmm. You know, are you going to come back? And of course, now we're done with Ephesians. We're starting with Mark and teaching Mark as well. And there'll be more after that. But they want to learn more. You know, a one-time shot doesn't do it. You know, uh, there's a lot of good missions out there that do a lot of good things. You know, and my son, who's a pastor in Raleigh, you know, was in India a few times. And he got the same questions from them. Are you coming back? Hmm. The important thing is you have to go back. God doesn't want us to stop where we are right now. God doesn't want us to stay in the same Ephesians he doesn't want us to just ignore the people that we started teaching. He wants us to keep on going, keep on teaching more, and being able to spread the word as far as we can. That's such a great insight because it is an interesting element of, of this ministry is the relationship that's built between the people that go and, and the people that are there receiving, right? That's the goers. And and I think that there's historically kind of just been too much to just go one time or to go one time to one place and then go somewhere to another place and and not really to put an emphasis on the relationship, which acknowledges the fact that we are all brothers and sisters in Christ. I think that the returning and the, you know, creating a relationship that's ongoing helps to foster that understanding from my perspective anyway, I think. No, I agree. I mean, I got a Philip. I got a, a text from Philip yesterday. A matter of fact, uh, in Cabrera, and his thing was, you know, uh, brother, we was thinking about you. We were praying about you today. You know, we we in, you know enjoyed your stay here. We look forward to your return, Job, up at the beekeepers. You know, I, I get at least a text a week from him uh, mm -hmm. as far as what's going on with his church, how is the training going. But one thing in this conversation is, we look forward to when you come back. I mean, one statement he did make, we weren't close enough to visit him the last time. But what he says, I know you were in Kenya, you know, uh, sorry, you couldn't make by to see me this trip. You know, hope you're able to stop by next trip and see me. So it is, it's all building relations. It's all uh, making sure that 
more humble that we understand because, you know, we're working in their culture. We have to understand their culture. And that's very important. And, you know, once you understand it is when the relation starts being built. And once the relation starts being built, it's when they want you back. They want to learn more and they want to become a, as much a part of this as we are sitting here. That's such a good way to sum that up. And so I'm just thinking about about your involvement with us, the fact that people are wanting you to come back in Kenya. And so what what do you see for the future? What do you see for the future of 21C? What do you see for the future of, of your involvement with 21C? I'd love to hear. When I first got involved, I had no idea which way it was going to take me. You know, especially you know, after the first trip, I was only home a few weeks and already missed being in Kenya. You know, mm-hmm. went back the second time and uh, you're starting to see people, you know, like we have a coordinator in Kenya that, uh, you know, is a, also a good friend as well. And I was able to see a couple of the uh, coaches that we, we had in other areas at another meeting. And the excitement they saw when they saw me, you know, was the welcoming part of it, you know, was amazing. It was kind of like, well, glad to see you. Glad you're back. You know, uh, we look forward to you. We prayed for you while you were gone. I mean, these are things you're hearing from the people over in Kenya. My future with 21C, I look at it being more involved. You know, I look at going back some more, uh, doing some more training. God willing, you know, that, that I get into some new areas as well, but also be able to go back to some areas I've been in already and being able to take them the next step in their journey with Christ and just keep on spreading the word. And, you know, I mean, the Timothy 2 program, 2 2 programs been working well. And, uh, you know, if it, if the old saying was don't, not broke, don't fix it. Well, this has been around <laughs> for, for thousands of years. I mean, it's, it's still working. We're not breaking it. It's, it's fine. Yeah. I think that's maybe the thing that's for me personally the most exciting is that you develop relationships in a country. And because we're going to be introducing new, new books of the Bible and new things to study on a regular basis, there's there's going to be a reason to keep going back, right? And to continue to maintain those relationships. So you mentioned we started with the book of Ephesians in Kenya, and we've now, we've, we're have we working now in the book of Mark for some organizations and partners that want to be in Mark. Some still want to be in Ephesians, but some have wanted to move ahead to Mark, and they have. And that's great. We're able to come alongside them and, and help them, right? Get deeper grounded in Mark. And then there's going to be something that comes after Mark. I think First and Second Thessalonians is the hopeful next release. You know, when all of our partners have gone through Mark and they're ready for something else, there'll be something new to go back and do so that, that you'll be going to the, maybe the same country, seeing a lot of the same people, but there will be that freshness of new material to bring. And, and that will just be a continual ongoing process. One of the other things which I really have enjoyed the last two times I was there, you always seem to run into people that aren't in the group, you know, that, uh, that wasn't a planned trip. Uh, I'll give one for instance, real quick. It was at the airport. It was at the gift shop and I had just bought a few things and I was getting ready to leave. And for some reason, you know, uh, the one girl turns around to me and she says to me, are, are, are you here on a mission? Are you a missionary or something? And I said, well, I'm, I'm here with 21C International. Yes. Uh, so I'm doing it. She goes, could you do me a favor? She goes, could you pray with us? 
And just right then and there, I mean, it wasn't like they were trying to get me to, I had already bought a few things, but it was more or less wanting me to pray with the two of them that were there. And it was one, one of them had a mother that was sick and another one wanted me to pray for, you know, good business and good health. And we just stood there and prayed. And it's amazing that, you know, when you go somewhere and you show the light of God, that there are some people that actually turn around and they say, you know, hey, you know, could you pray with me? And it was absolutely fantastic. That is just kind of the perfect way to sum up for me what it's like to go on a trip with 21C that you kind of never know what's around the corner. You never know what's going to happen next. You never know what new opportunity God is going to give you to connect with someone and to make a difference in this world. That story is for me just the perfect reminder of maybe what we all should be thinking about, right? Like, should we all be looking for opportunities like that every day, even here in the U.S., you know, to interact with people and maybe show them God's love in a, in a small way or a big way, whatever, whatever opportunity we have, right? What a perfect mindset to have as a believer is to be open to whatever God has, whatever he puts in front of you. Any last comments from you or things that just really have, have impacted you? They, they love being the host. They love taking care of you. I mean, that that is innate in them. That's what they love to do. And they love to feed you. You know, they, <laughs> you get used to eating some things you normally wouldn't have eaten before. Um, me personally, I kind of like the food that was there. It wasn't bad. Some people have a hard time with it. Uh, you never know when you go to somebody's house that the chicken that ran over your foot is the one that might be your dinner that night. I mean, because the... It, you're going into these rural areas where the chickens and the cows and everything are kind of just walking all over the field. You might be in a little hut, uh, but they're very much, uh, they do take a servant mindset. You know, they, they love to serve and they love to host and you have to be very accepting of that and willing of that. And sometimes it's hard to do because we go over there wanting to serve as well. So it's hard when you're trying to go over to serve and you've got people that are trying to serve you even more so. And I think that's, as long as we go over with a servant heart and you're used to them having a servant heart, but also understand that we are a guest over there and understanding that, you know, we have to go over there being humble. We have to go over there trying to understand the culture and try and make things as easy for them as possible as they try to do for you. It is very humbling to experience what you just expressed, that you you think you're going to to be the servant. You think you're going to provide something and and to have their just deep desire to love you and to host you and to serve you and to, you know, be be just the hands and feet of Christ really to us as Americans. And we're like, wait, that's what we're trying to do for you. <laughs> and so it is, it is a very, very humbling, but also it's, I mean, you can agree with this. I think it's also like one of the best parts that, that, that connection with other believers and, and that just that awareness that we are all the body of Christ. We are all people that have put our faith in Jesus alone for our salvation, right? And it's just so awesome that 
culture, yes, there are cultural differences. Yes, there are language differences. Yes, there are food differences. But there's more that unites us than is, makes us different, I think. And you see that a lot over there because you have different types of areas. You have the slums, you know, of Kibera. Right next to that, you have a big city, Nairobi, you know, which is more of a modern type town, uh, even though they still build their skyscrapers by hand, which was very amazing. You know, you see them throwing concrete up and stuff like that. But uh, and then you'd be up at the beekeepers farm, which is out in the middle of nowhere in the mountains. So in a matter of hours, you're going from one extreme to the other. Uh, and it doesn't matter where you go. You know, you still run into the same type of people. You still run into, you know, I mean, they're, they're just like you and me. And, you know, all they want to do is be able to have a good life for themselves, whether it is in the slums, whether it is on the mountains, whether it is in, in a big city. They want a good life for them, their families, and they all have a very strong following for the, you know, getting to know the Lord and and uh, and, and God and what he's, what he's doing in their life. So it's... It's a pleasure going over there. It really is. I, I look forward to it. You know, some people say, well, are you worried about it sometimes when you go into slums? God takes care of me and, and we've been safe and I, I don't worry about that at all. I think what you just said is the perfect way to sum up our conversation, that it doesn't really matter what part of the country you go to, uh, you encounter people who have uh, this deep love for God and a desire to know him better. And that's the that's the part that I think will keep you going back and will keep me going back. The most memorable part of any trip for me are the people that I've met, the the followers of Christ, the fellow believers that are just wanting to know Jesus more, wanting to understand God's word at a deeper level so that they can in turn pass that on to others. I think as we interact with these fellow believers in Kenya, we are also in Uganda, in Brazil, in South Africa, in Honduras, you realize we all serve and love the same God, the same God who deeply desires a relationship with each of us and has revealed himself to us in his word. And what a high privilege and a high calling it is for us to be able to go and be a part of helping these pastors and church leaders and fellow believers learn more about God and to know Him at a deeper level. Thank you for listening to this episode of On the Move by 21C International. 21C International is a Christian nonprofit organization on a mission to encourage, equip, and empower Christian pastors in the global South by providing free, informal biblical and pastoral training. You can visit 21C International to learn more and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform to hear more about missions, international ministry, and how God is changing lives around the world. 